0: Let us pray Now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable to you, O God, our strength and our Redeemer Amen Okay, because of Pastor Folks' situation I had to I know I have to preach on It's his turn. Okay, so uh, Super panic uh, I had to dig up an old sermon and rework it Hope you don't mind Anyway uh, The scripture lesson which is Galatians 2, 11-14 I don't think is in the powerpoint but that's a good thing because I'd just like you to listen and I'm just not going to read it ordinarily as others read I'm going to put a bit of emo into it you know drama mama that kind of stuff Um, because I think this will convey a bit more accurately um, the meaning of the passage Galatians 2.11-14 is entitled Paul's Rebuke to Peter at Antioch And I'll read it first and then later in the sermon you'll get the explanation. So it's going to be a bit loud. It's going to be a bit angry. But this is how I think it should sound. Will you now hear the word of God? All right. But when Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood self-condemned. Until certain people came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. But after they came he drew back and kept himself separate for the fear of the circumcision faction. And the other Jews joined him in this hypocrisy, so that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. But when I saw that they were not acting consistently with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas before them all, If you, though a Jew, live like a Gentile, and not like a Jew, how can you compel the Gentiles to live like Jews? This is also the word of God. This is the word of God. Okay, yeah. I think this is how uh, Paul would have felt, really, as he wrote this portion. Okay. Um, About 40 years ago, four decades, nearly half a century no matter how you say it, it sounds bad. Um, Forty years ago, I studied Bizad, Business Administration at the university. And I learned about what is called the Peter Principle, by this guy called Lawrence J. Peter. Can we have his, ah, that's the well. Uh, and in one of his books, Lawrence J. Peter wrote this, I am plagued with doubt. I'm not quite sure whether the world is run by incompetents who are sincere or by wise guys who are putting us on. Consider the following evidence and you will understand my dilemma. When I was professor at the University of British Columbia, I received a memo which stated, Professors who have no secretaries of their own may take advantage of the girls in the secretarial pool. Then he read he says he read a help wanted advertisement. Person to work on nuclear fissionable isotope molecular reactive counters and three phase cyclotronic uranium photosynthesizers, no experience necessary. So it's not surprising that the Peter principle is about competence or rather incompetence. And it says, this is the Peter Principle, in a hierarchy, every employee tends to rise to his level of incompetence. Every employee tends to rise to his level of incompetence. So, J. Peter is uh, a hierarchologist, not an archaeologist. And certainly, there's no lack of evidence to support this from various areas of life. In the the sports arena, let me read you one example. Two Brazilian soccer teams took to the field for a match. The first goal was scored in a record three seconds because the goalie was still on his knees praying for victory. Now, a DJ in the world of entertainment, a DJ asked David Brubeck, some of us older know who David Brubeck was, he asked David Brubeck this marvellous question. How many people do you have in your quartet? The military. Okay, how about evidence from the military? Let me read word for word on huh? this one. A spectacular British World War II contribution to weapon incompetence was the number no. 74 ST hand grenade, nicknamed the sticky bomb. It had three unique features one, an adhesive coating enabled it to stick to an enemy tank. Two, uh, okay, okay, still number one unfortunately this also enabled it to stick to the thrower of the grenade two it, it was four and a half pounds in weight made it extremely difficult for a soldier to l- throw it fast far enough to ensure his own safety three it had only a five second delay so even if the improbable <laughs> happened and the hit was made, it stuck to the tank it was hardly long enough for the soldier to remove himself from the scene of the explosion. Now, building architecture. New old glass building in Virginia. 24 toilets equipped with frosted one-way glass. And it seemed perfect until when those outside realized that they had unimpeded view of the inside because the one-way glass had been installed backward. What about the law? Lawyers are very smart, right? Any lawyers here? Okay, never mind. This law in California said, For the purposes of the rules and regulations contained in this chapter, the present tense includes the past and future tense, And the future, the present. The masculine gender includes the feminine, the feminine, the masculine, the singular, the plural, and the plural, the singular. i got two more examples from law. This one is the transportation law. When two trains approach each other at the crossing, they shall both stop. And neither shall start up until the other has gone. And this is the one I like the best all you lawyers take note, British law British law. it says in the nuts unground other than ground nuts order, the expression nuts can have reference to such nuts other than ground nuts as would but for this amending order not qualify as nuts unground other than ground nuts by the reason of their being nuts unground so we can rightly ask if the church is exempt Does the church have examples of incompetence? See, there are thousands. I only give you one. At the end of the 19th century, Milton Wright was bishop of the United Brethren in Christ Church, which part of which later merged with the Evangelical Church to become the Evangelical United Brethren Church, which later merged with the Methodist Church, which became. The United Methodist Church We use the hymnal right? So I suppose we are guilty by association Bishop Wright Was reputed to have said this About flight Men will never fly Because flight is reserved For angels He also added If God intended men to fly He would have given them wings you know who Bishop Wright was? His sons were named, two of his sons were named Wilbur and Orville Wright. The very two men who did the first flight of, in 1903, a controlled sustained flight in a powered, lighter, heavier than air aircraft. In other words, an aeroplane. To be fair, um... Two, Bishop Wright, he's not the first, won't be the last of incompetent disciples. So, I think, let's go back to the beginning. Now, if you had a chance to elect who was Jesus' most incompetent disciple, who would you choose? Besides Judas. Judas is a category all by himself. Who would be your choice of Jesus' most incompetent disciple? Actually, you should know already because of the title, right? Huh? Right, wrong right Yeah, Bishop right Okay Peter I'm sure Peter A.K.A. Simon A.K.A. Cephas Would win hands down Now put it in Singlish. He actually real cartoon. Even worse than If you can remember a sermon A few weeks ago Than Gideon the Loaf of barley bread Even worse than Gideon Why? Well, if you had to draw up a CV, a curriculum vitae for Peter the Apostle, it would look like this. It's not exhaustive, Mm -hmm. but to be fair to him, let's begin with the positive, what we call plus plus, right? Plus plus. John chapter 6 verse 66, John 666. I think it will probably be only 66 verse, I'm not sure. Tells us this. It says, after this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. This is about Jesus. This was after Jesus, in John chapter 6, tells the people, You've got to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And of course they think he's talking about cannibalism. So they desert him. And Jesus says to the twelve, Do you want to leave too? Then Peter answers for all of them. Lord, to whom shall we go? You alone have the words of eternal life. You are the Holy One of God. Okay, huh? plus plus. Next, uh, this is remarkably recorded in all three Synoptic Gospels. Matthew 8, Mark 1, and Luke 4. This is the healing of Peter's mother-in-law. As some pastor put it tongue-in-cheek, anyone who holds a healing service for his mother-in-law must have some virtue. Plus plus. Now we go to plus minus. Positive, negative. In other words, begin well, end bad. Uh, Matthew 16. This is the famous, Who do you say, or who do men say that I am? And then, "Who do you, Who do you say that I am? And Peter comes up with those famous words. You are the Christ. The son of the living God. Well done, Peter. Blessed are you. On this word, I will build my church. Super plus plus, right? Then... Jesus tells them, hey, I'm going to die. He predicts his death. Peter says, Lord, don't talk rubbish. And what's the response? Get behind me, Satan. What a letdown, huh? So, from Peter the Rock to Peter Satan, plus minus. Second, also you've heard this recently, walking on water. You've got to know this one. Uh, Matthew 14, Peter says, Lord, if it's you, let me come to you. Jesus says Yes, come to me And Peter walks on water for a while Until he sees the storm And gets afraid and sinks Lord, save me That's minus. John 13 Jesus washing the disciples' feet At first, Peter refuses to let him You will never wash my feet Jesus says to him If you don't let me You have no part in me And then my paraphrase Then Peter responds Then how about a full body wash Real to plus minus. Okay. Third category, minus, minus. Well, let's start with the worst example that all of us know. Again, this is uh, about this one. The night before, as they say, Peter heroically boasts what? Even if everyone deserts you, I will never. I think that's the origin of never say never. Uh, at the garden, when they come to arrest Jesus, he tries to defend his master by cutting off the ear of the soldier which Jesus has to heal. Actually, if you look at that, it's a very comic situation. Then, of course, there's a triple denial, and um, you could say that this is the lowest point in Peter's life. Peter, the coward. But that's not all. You see, in Acts chapter 10, Peter is supposed to bring the gospel to Cornelius, who is a Gentile. But, he doesn't want to, and to convince him, God has to put him in a trance and give him a vision, three times. Peter has many triple experiences in his life, and I think there's is the first known example of instant replay. And he has to do this before Peter is convinced. Do you know why? Because Peter is basically a racist. He's basically a racist. And, You would think this cannot be. Because this is after the crucifixion and resurrection, after Pentecost, after the gift of the Spirit, you think that by this time all the kings would have been sorted out. But no. Peter is still a coward and a racist. and This is reinforced by the scripture that I dramatically read at the very beginning. This is the context. Peter goes to Antioch to visit the church there, and he begins by eating with the Gentiles. But some Jews sent by James, the strict ones, influence him, and then because he's convinced by them, he refuses to eat with the Gentile Christians. And even Barnabas uh, is influenced as well. And Paul is furious with Peter, because this is definitely against the Gospel, which God has opened to everyone. And, Paul's own words. Peter was clearly wrong. Self-condemned. And Paul says, I opposed him to his face, and dressed him down in public. You know, basically, Paul is saying, you You the Christian Behaves like a non-Christian And you expect Non-Christians become Christians That's what Peter was, Paul was saying to Peter And you can imagine uh, This is the lead apostle Ichiban Numero uno Number one apostle Being publicly humiliated By the new kid on the block The last fellow So you think we made our case can ask prove beyond reasonable doubt and Peter could yeah to me most incompetent disciple of Jesus but then again in mitigation before we judge Peter too harshly let's remember that many of us are actually like Peter personally I like to think that I'm more like Paul you know very together person few flaws brave clear minded heroic in suffering etc 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 but I know deep down inside me that I'm much more like Peter and I suppose I'm closer to this example that I'm going to tell you about it seems in one Sunday school the teacher was sick and one of the church elders took over the class and he was trying to teach this class of children um, quite self-righteously how to lead a Christian life mainly using himself as the prime example now children do you know why people call me a Christian? a voice from the back says because they don't really know you So what shall we do with Peter? Well, this is why this sermon is entitled The Other Peter Principle. First one says, Everyone rises to incompetence. This one is different. You see, at the end of Peter's life, Peter is also sentenced to death by crucifixion. But you know, he pleads to be crucified upside down because he says I'm not worthy to be crucified in the same way as my master then for me the greatest example of Peter's transformation is actually in the Bible itself in his letters 1st and 2nd Peter how he refers to Christians all over the place Uh, that one later uh, I'll come to that uh, he calls all of God's people God's elect. He has gotten over his racism. But the highlight for me is this passage uh, 2 Peter 3 um, which I'm going to read now. Part of it. I, I, I doubt if I'll read the whole thing. So at the end, near Peter's And at the end of the end of Jesus' life, this is what he writes. Therefore, beloved, while you are waiting for these things, strive to be found by him at peace without spot or blemish. And regard the patience of our Lord as salvation. So also our beloved brother Paul wrote to you according to the wisdom given him. Speaking of this, as he does in all his letters, there are some things in them hard to understand which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction as they do the other scriptures I'll stop here now you think that after what Paul did to him humiliating him in public he would bear some lifelong grudge against who do you think you are and I think most of us would be like that you would in public say forgive, forgive, forgive. You cut us right inside there. There's a big black hole. But you see, Peter, in a sense, is different. He says about Paul, our beloved brother, he is completely forgotten and forgiven, and that is Peter's virtue. And the transformation that has taken place And he implies that Paul's writings Are equivalent to scripture Which is a very, very, very big claim And so, I'd say This is almost a complete transformation of Peter That's Peter's virtue He's willing to be transformed And so this is the other Peter Principle and it's important because it gives us all hope of being transformed Um, the first Peter Principle says we all rise up to our level of incompetence the other Peter Principle says that by God's power we can descend from incompetent discipleship into our Required level of transformation to be changed like Peter the Apostle. And finally, this is the assurance if God can change Peter, He can change anybody, and that means us. When I was studying in uh, Asbury Seminary uh, almost 35 years ago, one of my professors told us this story, actually, it's a confession. He said he had a student whom he was not impressed with. And he concluded that this student would not amount to very much. This student became a pastor and one day invited the professor to speak at his church. And because the professor had already made a judgment, he was curious to see whether, you know, check up on his student to see whether all his suspicions could be uh, fulfilled. After the... Uh, sermon after preaching They had a lunch buffet And the first thing the professor saw Was that this student this uh, Who is now a pastor First one at the buffet table Piling his plate high with food And he thought to himself ah, yeah, I knew it He didn't say lah, not Singaporean Next thing he saw though was his former student, the pastor, sit down next to a very old man and begin feeding him because he could not feed himself. This is the other Peter Principle. Let me end with a uh, <coughs> story. Uh, when I was studying there also, my pastor was David Steemans who's written many books and one of his books was called Healing Grace, and in it, he tells the story of Linda. I think the name has been changed to protect the guilty day, now, let me read to you Linda's story. Linda is now a pastor's wife and a radiant, spirit-filled Christian. But she did not come from that kind of background. Quite the opposite, she was a battered child, abused physically and sexually by her own brothers and her stepfather. This filled her with deep shame and loss self esteem and plunged her deeper into sin. Finally, she ran away from home and ended up 18 years of age in New York City. She found herself alone, very few friends. One night, literally in a den of evil, she was sitting in a chair, almost naked. And there swept over her a devastating sense of loneliness and guilt. The terrible realization of where she was, who she was, the fact that no one really cared, overwhelmed her. She suddenly realized the utter selfishness of the scene. Everyone there was using each other and using her. It hit her like a thunderbolt and filled her with awful blackness depression, and despair. But, in the midst of that situation, there came what she called an overshadowing sense of the presence of God. The thought arose within her like an inner voice. I love you, I always have, and I always will. I really care for you and love you. Linda turned around, knelt on her chair and put her head in her hands, began to sob, "Oh God, fill my emptiness. Please love me the way I've always wanted to be loved. No, that was the beginning. Within a month, she underwent a dramatic conversion and in her own words, quote, I experienced a flooding, a sense of God's complete forgiveness and most of all, what I really wanted all my life, a clean heart. Reborn and restored, she got help, returned to a home, reconciled with her mother. Eventually, she became pastor's wife and also became an instrument to whom God reached out to her family. This is the other Peter Principle. And, this Peter principle is also available to every one of us who is willing to be transformed this way. Father, we thank you for the Apostle Peter and how we are so much like him and he like us. Thank you that if you can transform him, there is hope for every one of us. In large and small ways. And so we come to you as we are, some of us, to the point of emptiness, darkness, and despair. Come, we pray, to us and speak to us the words of change. Speak to us the words of love, the words of power, so that we may experience the other Peter principle. In Christ's name, we pray. Okay.